Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Yeah, I can hear you screaming now, calling me. It's my fault, major fault. So to save you, I give my all. It's the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Parthup and Yai is scheduled to join in just a moment. He's got to move around a little bit. So we have a little bit of time, Connor Dunning. And I take this is from uh, this is from Spider Man yesterday. We have a little bit of time. What, what, what do we think? It what do we think? This is this is uh, Metro Boomin absolutely crushed the soundtrack once again. Yes. I'm just gonna read off my review. I, okay. I typed out a review. Okay. I, I'm on Letterbox. At we... CR Dunning. If people want to follow oh, me there. Oh, Letterbox. Movie okay. movie app. This is what Shameless I wrote. plug. Love it. Takes the belt for best Spider Man movie from the first Spider Verse movie. It's one of the most visually stunning films I've seen. The attention to detail was overwhelming. It was unbelievable art come to life. It continued the tradition of Spider-Verse pushing animation to its very limit with ambition and beauty. The story and score, equally impressive, kept me on my toes. It was a seamless blend of action, humor, heart, and tension. When the movie ended, I was ready for two more hours. I could have gone yeah. for two more hours. When that cliffhanger hit, hits, and it's not, that's not a spoiler, yeah. third movie's coming out in nine months, hopefully, fingers crossed. I was like, play it right now. Start it right now. The theater... I had not felt energy like that in a movie theater since I've seen like Top Gun Maverick. Was it, it one was of those ones? You say, did you sit in after the after the movie and just talk to whoever you were with for five minutes about it? Pretty much, yeah. Everybody <laughs> met in the lobby. Everybody met in the lobby. But real quick, I gotta get our man's yeah. calling in. He's calling in, so we're right, more I got verse, you. But I had to get it off. It's incredible. Go see it. I got you. Now we're gonna bring on Parthu Badiah here in just a moment. There was some a uh, little bit of I, I would call it news to a certain extent. We're always on IG uh, watch, but. Uh, Malcolm Dandridge put out an interesting Instagram today, and it was a picture of uh, Kobe saying, relax, good vibes only, big things on the way. Looks like we got Parth on the line, Memphis Tigers basketball beat writer for the Daily Memphian, on Twitter at P-U-P-I-D-Y underscore Parth. What's happening, man? Nothing much, man. Uh, Trying to keep up with the roller coaster that is this offseason. Well, yeah, I loved your – I told you this. I loved your tweet the other day. Is it always like this? Is it always like this? You're not. You're not. You're not like. It's not overwhelming, is it? We're we're all good, right? No. Um. See, on most days it's fun, right? But then it gets to a point where it's, you know, uh, one thing's happening, right? Like the DeAndre situation is, is a great example. You know, we we hear that he's going to try to file a waiver. That had been kind of 
um, <laughs> yep. kind of the word for about a, a week or so um, prior to what we found out from his lawyer. Then prior to that, we heard from the mom, right? There were reports yep. that the mom is saying that he is not seeking to come back to Memphis. So stuff like that makes your head spin, but well, on most most days, man, it's fun. Well, I mean, a 27-year-old tw- coming back for a six-year of eligibility will make your head spin. Like, I can completely... Uh, I can completely uh, understand that. Now, real quick, before we hop into that, and I sort of ask you about the case that Don Jackson, his attorney, is going to try to make to the NCAA. Malcolm Dandridge on Instagram today. You were on Instagram watching. You tweeted this out. Um, do we read into this? He said, relax, good vibes only, big things on the way, and then posted after that a picture of him uh, in a Memphis practice jersey. Do we read into this? I mean, in this day and age, we read into everything. <laughs> I mean, you, you've got to, right? You've got to. Um it does seem like he's teasing Tigers fans, does it not? No, well, yeah. <laughs> My thought here, and I think most people have this thought. I want to hear your idea. If DeAndre is able to get the waiver and come back next year, it almost feels like it's kind of a package deal, right, where Malcolm would maybe make his triumphant return. Maybe I'm speculating too much, but that's sort of, I mean, that seems like a pretty rational thought. No, absolutely, and I, I'd kind of heard the same that, you know, if DeAndre – is you know able to get cleared and, and able to come back that he's been vouching for for Malcolm to come back as well just to have a five on the floor with him I mean we saw when you know Malcolm was down DeAndre had to you know play that five position and he oftentimes got into foul trouble and um, kind of wasn't a great fit there right so to have a guy like Malcolm uh, share that front court with him would, would take a you know a ton of load off DeAndre it would bring back yeah. another uh, veteran voice uh, to kind of come along with, with DeAndre and Chandler Lawson and Jane Hardaway, and it would just make sense. Yeah. Um, now, getting DeAndre back, I mean, that's easier said than done, right? What do you think about the case from Don Jackson, from what you've heard, uh, your, your talks back and forth? Yeah. You know, I, I reached out to Memphis Compliance last week. Um, I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday when, when this kind of was brought to my attention that DeAndre and his family were seeking to, you know, find a way for him to come back to Memphis. And, it seemed like compliance, you know, felt that there wasn't a case at all there. I mean, I'm, they, they gave me a statement that basically said, you know, DeAndre had five years uh, to use, and he used all five years. Yeah. And that's kind of where he stood on that. Uh, Don Jackson, though, definitely feels like, um, you know, there's a possibility, and he feels optimistic about that possibility of DeAndre coming back um, and getting the NCAA to reevaluate based on uh, what he called new evidence right, new information that they want to present to the University of Memphis and to the NCAA. And, look, Don Jackson's one of the best in the business. Yeah. Right? Like, this is the guy who got the IARP to view Penny as a Penny Hardaway as a philanthropist um, yeah. in that NCAA infractions <laughs> case and pretty much got, you know, Penny and Memphis basketball off scot-free. So um, if there's anybody that's right for and- the job, it's, it's uh, Don and he's he's dealt with a lot of situations like this, getting back extra years of eligibility. If I'm correct, me if I'm wrong on that. No, absolutely. He's you know, list goes on and on about you know guys who um, he has worked with. In fact, I was on the phone with Don this morning, and you know he was telling me about a case he had. I believe it was I want to say it was 2016 or 17 with a international soccer player, a kid from from England that came to the United States and was told he'd be eligible by uh, the head coach of the program that he was transferring into um, and had to sit out a year and got, you know, got docked uh, an extra year because of 
the NCAA's delayed enrollment legislation, kind of similarly to how uh, DeAndre Williams has been docked an extra year as well. Um, and in that case, Don Jackson was able to get that kid, you know, both those years back, right? Yeah. So there is precedent for this. There, you know, there have been cases that, that Don's been involved with that almost look identical to the one DeAndre Williams is trying to make to the NCAA. And I think that's where that uh, great deal of optimism from Don Jackson and from DeAndre Williams and his camp comes from. And uh, having spoke to, uh, spoken to Don, is it sort of like the year in residence he had at Evansville where he was a, a non-qualifier, is, is the argument basically being made on the grounds that DeAndre got bad advice from a prep coach? Absolutely. That's, that's kind of the start, right? It's, it's the fact that, you know, DeAndre, the story's been told so many times, but I'll, I'll try to quickly rehash it just right. to offer some context. You know, he was at um, Klein Forest, I believe, uh, in Houston, Texas, is where DeAndre was uh, for his first three years of high school. And, you know, he was given some advice by an uh, AAU coach to be enrolled from Klein Forest and enroll in a program called called SACH, Sports Association of Texas for Christian Homeschoolers, which obviously is a homeschooling program that, you know, allowed DeAndre to focus more on basketball. The only problem was that, you know, when he was close to graduation in 2016, he and his family found out that SACH was not a NCAA accredited yeah. institution. And none of those credits counted um, toward his uh, NCAA eligibility. So then he had to take online classes and, and push his high school graduation back to 2017 and finally earn his diploma. After that, you know, he tried to enroll in, in or tried to sign with schools ahead of the 2017-18 season, but because the NCAA Clearinghouse couldn't deem him eligible or ineligible in time, he wasn't able to sign. So that pushed him two years back, and he had to go to prep school. So all of that um, is very confusing, obviously. Yeah, of course. But – that is why he was deemed um, – well, that's why the extra year was taken away, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because he graduated in 2017 but, you know, wasn't able to enroll until 2018. Yeah. Now, um, this goes without saying in a lot of ways, but DeAndre Williams is better than just about anything they could have grabbed on the transfer portal this entire offseason. Oh so, like, God, I, the, the, the penny bag of tricks is just so deep, I have to say. The, the, the guy is a miracle worker. It's insane. He is. He is. And, and this might be the, the greatest trick of them all, right? Oh, hell yes. No, this is this is the oh test replaces. God. This replaces Amani and Jalen reclassifying back when in an August. This this goes to the top of the list. There's no doubt. I've had that conversation. Yeah. This is way up there. Oh, man. The Amani Bates and Jalen Duran thing, obviously I wasn't around then, but you know that was uh, something that folks didn't see coming, something that kind of came out of thin air, but this is the biggest rabbit that Penny Hardaway, oh, it's if he can pull it out of the hat, this will be the biggest rabbit he yeah. has pulled out of a hat. Um, <laughs> I know the NCAA does not work um, on anyone else's time besides their own, Like, but this one feels like if it's going to happen, the NCAA is going to have to expedite it. Do you, do you, envision, do you envision that happening? Do you envision them uh, pushing up this decision relatively soon? Yeah, I think the first part of, of that question, or the first part of that answer, rather, um, is kind of on Don Jackson and DeAndre Williams and, and right. Williams's camp, getting that documentation together and speeding that process along. Um, you know, just my conversations with, with Don, he had said that, you know, he has already started working on, on collecting that documentation, getting it together, and he hopes to 
send it off to University of Memphis by, by at least Tuesday, um, if not late Monday, so they can evaluate it and uh, kind of see if they need to file a waiver or if, you know, option one, which would be just getting the NCAA to reconsider based on the facts and based on the new evidence that um, Don hopes to present mm-hmm. on DeAndre's behalf um, would be enough to get a decision. You know, knowing the NCAA, when has that ever been the case, right? When, is, when have they ever been like, right. oh, you know, uh, that, that's a good point, man. Like, you know, <laughs> here's your year back. Um, so I'm sure it's going to be a case where – sorry, my Apple Watch is ringing. Oh, good. Uh, sure it's going to be a case where they have to go to option two, which is to um, submit a waiver and, and kind of play the waiting game. But Don is definitely pushing to get an answer before the NBA draft, he said, which I believe is June 22nd. Talking with Parth Upadhyay from the Daily Memphian. Tiger basketball beat reporter for them. Outside of DeAndre, it looked like even it was hidden. It really was hidden. But looks like there's some other options potentially out there that, that are considering Memphis at the moment. Uh, could you sort of run us through those options and what that could look like? Yeah, David Jones is at the top of that, that list um, of options. He very quietly was on a, on a visit to campus the same day that you know, DeAndre Williams' lawyer spoke, um, I believe that was Wednesday. And, you know, there's, there's been a lot of, a lot of noise surrounding that. And he seems to be not quite a lock at Memphis, but definitely trending in that direction. Now Kentucky is involved. So I guess we'll see how things shake out there, but um, things are, are trending in the right direction as far as David Jones to Memphis. Yeah, what are uh, what what was the timeline for you figuring out about the DeAndre Williams situation? I've asked other other folks in the know. What was your timeline with the whole DeAndre Williams waiver? Um, I, I guess bonanza we've been dealing with. You mean like when I first? Kind yeah, of when you when you sort of-, of heard about it and when it started to, the 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 wheel started to turn. Man, I had first heard of it last week i believe it was monday and call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know, I'm on the phone with somebody who's, who's you know, uh, telling me about it, and I just kind of laughed. Like, I thought it was a joke, <laughs> you know? Like, right, of course. And then he's like, you know, this person's like, no, no, this is uh, it's actually a possibility. You might want to you know, make some calls on that. And sure enough, I did. And, and of course, you know, that there was, there was something to that. Um, and after that, the roller coaster, as you know, it kind of started with, you know, um, is this even possible? And is he pursuing this and the comments from the mom and then the lawyer and so on and so forth. And this is where we are. Um, just yet another twist and turn to this, uh, crazy off season. Um, with the current roster, um, 
if you add, let's say you add DeAndre and Malcolm back into the fold, looking at that non-conference schedule, how do you think they can fare in that non-conference schedule? I know that it really is a a, a, a ball buster, if you will, from November 23rd, the battle for Atlantis, to December 23rd with Vanderbilt and Jerry Stackhouse and how much they've improved. But uh, well, one, I guess, what do you think of the non-conference schedule? And if you get DeAndre back in the fold, how do you think they'll fare? Yeah, I think, you know, yet again, Penny's, you know, shown that he's not ducking any smoke. You know, he's put together a, a hell of a non-conference schedule with a lot of big tests. Um, I believe nine power five. They, they can play up to nine power five uh, opponents, you know, with the battle for Atlantis in that mix. Um, and there's not really any gimmies, right? Like you've got yeah. Jackson State and Alabama State. And I think those are really the only ones where, you know, if, if you wanted to, you could kind of sharpie in a win. And um, Austin P after the after Vandy. Yeah, Austin. Um, but aside from that, it's you know, uh, it's a it's test after test to some degree. Uh, without DeAndre Williams, man, those uh, the road looks tough. Yeah, it's not fair to say the road looks tough without a DeAndre Williams in the fold. So we've had a lot of talk about NIL and return on investment, and maybe the you know considering what the Memphis Rebounders did and trying to bring pe- uh, people out to Penny's house for a thousand dollar donation. You know, maybe they, they're they trying different ways to, to get money flowing through a collective, and we completely understand that. But if DeAndre Williams does return to campus, I'd imagine there's got to be some NIL money on the on the horizon for him. Or maybe, you know, like uh, if there wasn't, you would you would seemingly think he'd probably move on to the to the pro route. No, exactly. Right. Um, and I was talking about talking to somebody about that earlier today. Actually, it's like, you know, DeAndre Williams is a pro. Right, like he could go yeah. to some country in Europe, or Puerto Rico, or Mexico, or whatever, and go make a living playing basketball professionally. So, you know, with him considering coming back, you know, one of the factors, as I've been told, is you know he looks at the landscape and sees that he can make more in NIL at Memphis than he could, you know, overseas in some random country in Europe. And you right? don't have to deal with a Serbian winner. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like that's that's probably the most part of it too, right? <laughs> You know, so you look at that, and then you look at Malcolm Dandridge's potential return. Um, and, I, you know, I've been told that Malcolm is, is leaning toward coming back, and it's just a matter of ironing out some details, one of those details being NIL. So if they can get those two guys back and, and another player via the portal, um, you look at that and you kind of raise your eyebrows. Like, you know, there, there are NIL issues, but then you're getting, you know, a star big man back, a guy who, you know, would likely, likely be – preseason AAC player of the year and then, uh, you know, a proven big in Malcolm Dandridge. Uh, you know, how is that possible? But, you know, at the same time, you're, you're missing on guys like Jaden Bradley. It's a little yep. bit confusing. Forgive me for asking this, but I know you're the best guy to ask. What the hell is the scholarship situation if that's the case? Like, I count through, and I think if Mikey Williams is part of the fold, they're at 12. Um, but I've also heard that there's two open, even if Mikey is is on campus. What is the scholarship situation? I I, I know it's really hard to put your finger on, but I am uh, I am at a loss for words. I am I am confused by how many are left and what they could potentially add. Yeah, you're not the only one. I'll tell you <laughs> no, I, I get it. Trust uh, me. You know, when reports came out Wednesday that Ryan Forrest was was not going to be a part of the program, I had you know I'd circled back with Ryan and. And, you know, he had said that, you know, he'd been in constant communication with members of the coaching staff and that he'd been told that, you know, his arrival date on campus had been pushed back from, from May 31st to July 5th. 
but that, you know, he was still very much on the team. You know, they were just figuring out his housing situation and whatnot. Um, you know, so then I kind of circled up with some people and, and made some calls over the past two days and, and found out that, you know, the, the word is that Ryan Force is, you know, indeed not expected to be a member of the Tigers. Really? This coming season. Okay. Heard from, uh, from two different sources today. Um, and then Memphis has said that, you know, he had never formally signed with the program, despite what Ryan had told me all along. Uh, so it's a little bit confusing, but it, it does sound like Ryan Forrest will not be a Memphis Tiger this coming season, which then leaves Memphis with two open scholarships. And that's, that's without, you know, Mikey Williams possibly not being on campus. So if he's not in the mix, then you've got three. So then you look at, I don't know, DeAndre Williams, Malcolm Dandridge, and uh, maybe another point guard from the portal, or if David Jones, you know, if they can lock that up, then, then you've got a complete roster, but they're not too far off from putting a, uh, a bow on this thing, it looks like. Now, I stepped in it a little bit. I talked about a, a, a certain amount of, uh, you know, you, you, you act at this point as a college basketball coach uh, on the recruiting trail, you know, and at this part of the calendar. You, you do have to have a sense of urgency, and I'm not going to use the word. I use the word desperation. Fine, I'll put it out there. But I, I explained, <laughs> I tried to explain to folks Desperation is what the rest of the country is looking at right now. John Calipari has to use some desperation. Jawan Howard, I mean, look at Michigan. They, they can't bring in Caleb Love. You have three guys off to the draft, Hunter Dickinson going to, to Kansas. Like I, Desperation is just what this iteration of college basketball and college basketball recruiting is. No, absolutely. And, you know, if you're Memphis, if you're Penny Hardaway, do you want to be Operating with a sense of desperation? No, of course not. It's not ideal, right? You want to have your ducks in a row, you know, by this time of the year, and you, you want to get everybody on campus, and you want to move forward. But, you know, the reality is that that's not the case. And, and Penny's shown time and time again that he's, you know, he's able to get it done in a variety of ways, whether it's Jalen Dern and Imani Bates, you know, uh, having them reclassify and, and join the Tigers, or, you know, whether it's getting a guy like Kendrick Davis last offseason. He's you know, he's found ways to get the job done, and uh, I think he's he's trying to do the same here. And in order to do that, like you said, he has to operate um, like his hair is on fire. Yeah, and, and he, to be honest with you, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Penny Hardaway does some of his best work when his back's up against the wall. Now, uh, last thing for you, and I brought this up yesterday, and Connor and I were having a pretty decent discussion about it, but NIL and how it has affected the game in general – at the college level, I said it has made in a lot of ways, and I understand like trying to keep guys together with the transfer portal. That's a different conversation. Trying to keep some continuity on your roster and team building is really difficult in this era. But NIL really, I think, has helped the health of college basketball because you see more star power. You wouldn't see DeAndre Williams returning to school. You wouldn't see Hunter Dickinson returning to school. You wouldn't see Zach Eady returning to school in the past when that professional money was on the table because they couldn't make the money when they're at the college level. No, exactly. And it's weird. It seems like the same people who were complaining about not having familiar faces, not having a connection to players, you know, for three, four years in college basketball are now the same fans, same folks complaining about NIL. Right. Well, NIL, you know, is the reason, like you said, some of those, you know, marquee household name guys are coming back to their schools. I think it's great for the sport. I think it, um, you know, increases the talent level um, and, you know, makes the product overall better. Plus, you know, these guys deserve to get paid, and it's a, you know, it's a good thing they're finally getting to do that. 
obviously it's got to be a headache for, for yeah coaches. yeah it's not it's a perfect fit. system but i and no, like you just not. hear so much complaining and i see you hear it from football folks as well people that that take in sec football and, and, and everything else you hear you hear it everywhere but nil in college basketball in particular the reason that women's basketball has been so successful as of late is you have Caitlin Clark and Haley Van Lith and Angel Reese. They all come back to school. They go four or five years at their perspective, at their whatever school it is, and now they're staying for an extra year with the COVID relief, even when they could go to the WNBA, because they can make more in NIL at the at the school they're at right this second. That, in in my opinion, is the reason they're thriving, and you're starting to see that trickle into the men's game as well, where we were we were in such a weird spot with all the one and done stuff in the 21st century, and how much that affected the sort of pro readiness even as well. But you just see all of these these personalities, premier players coming back to school. Oscar Shebway had another year last year at Kentucky. That is a good thing ultimately for the game. Oh, no, absolutely. And you kind of touched on it, but, you know, before NIL existed, before 2021, you know, how many times do we see guys – you know, make somewhat ill-advised choices, you know, uh, declaring for the draft, right. even though they weren't projected to be drafted or, you know, taking their talents overseas or, or whatever the case may be. Um, and not that it's always desperation, but oftentimes you see decisions like that because, you know, they've got people to take care of. They've got, mm-hmm. you know, mom to feed, dad to feed, whatever it may be. Um, and now NIL kind of solved that problem uh, while, helping them remain at their schools and helping them, you know, continue to get their education. Yeah. Now, uh, you relax for a little bit. Appreciate you, man. I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. That's Parth Upadhyay. He is the uh, Memphis Tigers basketball beat reporter for the Daily Memphian on Twitter at Upadhyay underscore. Now, let me tell you about one of my favorite places in town. That would be Oxbow. Two-story storefront right there off of Poplar on June Road behind the Amico station. They have usually right now, you know, during crawfish season, they'll have crawfish, they'll have a crawfish truck out there for you. You can get some after you after you uh, buy your clothes. Don't get it before because, you know, the crawfish juices and all those spices uh, would ruin those brand-new, beautiful clothes that you bought. But go to Oxbow, family-owned and operated retail store that has been making waves in East Memphis for over a decade. They have Memphis-themed gifts and tees. They have your SEC and your Tigers favorites. They have vintage vinyl for music lovers. They have sports memorabilia in there, and a really good selection of sports memorabilia. Go check that out if you are into uh, those collector's items, hunting and outdoor gears, uh, gear for the adventurous souls. Um, and what I have latched onto, and Dylan always makes fun of me, Dylan, Dylan Waxler over there, you get to see him. He'll help you through these things. But he always makes fun of me because I, I love Genteel, their new Genteel apparel. Well, not new, but they have shorts, pants, shirts, whatever you want in Genteel. They have it. It fits my big body. It'll fit your body as well, no matter what size you are. Make sure you go get that Genteel. Uh, they have Free Fly, Fair Harbor, Duckhead, Mizzen, and Maine. Get all your favorites at Oxbow. And it is right off of Poplar on June Road behind the Amico station. And this is what I do because I really try to give back. Go to shopoxpo.com, their online store. They have everything that you could get. You can get it shipped anywhere. Shopoxpo.com. And when you're going to sign out, when you're going to cash out, when you're going to your cart, put in my promo code, The Gabe Show. All one word, The Gabe Show. G A B E is how you spell Gabe, but The Gabe Show. Put that. You'll get 20% off if you put in my promo code. Again, it's The Gabe Show at Shopoxpo. 
Com. But whether you're searching for that perfect outfit, unique gifts, vintage vinyl, sports memorabilia, hunting and outdoor essentials, Oxbow has you covered. Shop shop local, I should say. Shop Oxbow. Now, the Suns have a new coach. We'll tell you who that is and what it means for them when we return right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. They keep trying to tell me here. We're headed into the weekend, and you know what that means. Pick up a bottle of Old Dominic Tennessee whiskey. You're going to be watching the finals on Sunday. If you're into the Stanley Cup, make sure you pick up a bottle. That's tomorrow. We got Panthers versus Knights, but Old Dominic Tennessee whiskey is fantastic. It's made right here in the heart of downtown Memphis, and it is distilled, barreled, aged, and bottled in Memphis. It's the first time that's been the case since Prohibition. Shouts to Alex Castle. Um, she she does a great job with all of their products over at Old Dominic. So check out all of them. That Tennessee whiskey, maple, sugar, charcoal distilling. So it's great for sipping, great putting on ice. You can mix it with a little water. You can mix it with your soft drink of choice. But get over there. And since I said, you know, it is still barreled, aged, and bottled in Memphis, it's not Tennessee whiskey. It's unto its own. It's Memphis whiskey. Make sure you pick it up. Available in Memphis, Arkansas, Mississippi, parts of Missouri, Look for their new Tennessee whiskey and all their great products at your favorite retailers or ask for it by name at your favorite locally owned restaurant. But also head on downtown to their state-of-the-art distillery. They have great craft cocktails at their bar area. They have a beautiful rooftop with little string lights all over the place. It is beautiful. Go check out that distillery. It is state-of-the-art. Whether you're stopping for a refreshing drink while exploring Memphis, joining them for a tour and tasting, which you can book at olddominic.com. Finishing up a night out in style, Old Dominic has something for everyone's taste and an elevated yet relaxed atmosphere. It's perfect for hosting a special event, although they do book up really quickly on the weekend, so you have to check out their event schedule at olddominic.com. I've been to weddings, wedding receptions, uh, going away parties, birthday parties. It's always a beautiful time down at Old Dominic Distillery. But also, they are the official spirit, Old Dominic is, of the Memphis Grizzlies. Look for their new Tennessee whiskey and all their great products. Inside of FedEx Forum at their two separate bar locations where you can pick up some craft cocktails. You know you got to get that done during a concert, during a when you're watching a comedian for a game. Make sure you check it out. Old Dominic Distillery. Come say hi. Before we hop into who the Suns have hired to be their next head coach, it's a familiar name, as usually is the case with teams that are expected to win now. We do have a little bit of news here. This is from Adrian Wojnarowski today um, when discussing John Morant and a potential suspension. We have the sound here. Connor, go ahead. Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, we heard Commissioner Adam Silver say that in the process of looking into this, they've gathered even additional information. So what can we expect the punishment for John Morant to be here? Yeah, Adam Silver was very intentional in his words last night. It does not bode well uh, for John Morant. Uh, Listen, I think when you start to look at possible lengths of suspension, and that's what we're talking about, he's going to be suspended. I think an interesting number to look at uh, is 17, because now the NBA at its disposal has a new rule that it, uh, that each that a player has to play 65 games 
in the regular season to be eligible uh, for postseason awards. And so for John Morant, uh, 17 games off the top immediately would make him, or, or 18 games would make him ineligible for postseason awards. And that's certainly something really at the league's disposal. But I think what you heard from Adam Silver last night is what a lot of people, I think all around the league in Memphis, everywhere believe that no one's going to be able to say this time, hey, Adam, you went too lightly on John Morant. And I think so. Uh, wherever that number lands, I think it's going to be certainly a significant part of the Grizzlies season. So 17 would put him right on that 65-game threshold for all NBA teams, and that would absolutely, I mean, he would not be on an all NBA team because missing a game if you're John Morant for injuries, uh, just for rest, it's just going to happen in this day and age. Um, but it really is, it's double the eight plus one is another way you could look at it. 17 seems like an equitable, fair trade-off. You said that 15 to 25 range makes sense. I, I, I'm right there. I think 17 would be a, a – again, you don't want to see it. You don't want to see him get suspended at all, but it's going to happen. 17's a fine number. I, I'm curious if Adam Silver looks at making him ineligible for awards is like an extra layer of the punishment. That's why, you know – Maybe when he's talking about the additional information or, you know, it's going to be a little bit more strict than I think we expected at first, it might just be that it's going to be that 17-game threshold, that he's going to put it to where yep. there is zero room for him to miss a game or they're just going to go ahead and eliminate him from eligibility and it's out a, the gate. It's another punishment where you're going to, if you don't make the All-NBA team, your money gets affected. It's yeah. another punishment that way. And, again, he didn't learn the first time around. Um, necessarily, and obviously there wasn't the threshold there, but I guess this is another iteration of that going into next year, Like, if it is 17 ultimately. That, 17 is kind of a – that's an odd number. It, it's an odd number when out of context. Literally. But when you number. have oh – <laughs> But when you have – I was told there would be no math. When you have context, though, it makes a lot of sense. It makes yeah. a ton of sense because, to me, make giving him like – 30 games or a ton of games, making him ineligible for awards, I think, can send the exact same message without setting a ridiculous precedent. And to me, even beyond the amount of games, and we talked with Jeff about this in the past, it should be more about what are you doing behind the scenes to actually get yourself better and get out of this nonsense. Right, right. That's what it should be more about. We shouldn't be looking at some ridiculous punitive action, 40 games, half the season, just to go prove a point. We could prove a point with some of the games, but also the monetary part of this, where you can't miss a game if you want to make an all-NBA team. Um, and, and also, there's just the things behind the scenes, a checklist of, of, of what he needs to accomplish, who he needs to get in his corner, how they need to act when they're in his corner. That's, that's, that's most of this. So we'll see what happens ultimately. Now, Western Conference foes have uh, hired, a, uh, hired a new coach, and that would be the Suns' Frank Vogel who most recently in 2020 in the bubble won a championship with the Lakers, obviously got fired there a couple years after, but he is now the head coach of the Suns. He's only making $6.5 million per year. It is kind of jarring, Connor, to see Frank Vogel replacing Monty Williams, getting 6.5. Monty Williams goes to the Pistons and gets 13.2 a year. Like He's doubling them up in salary. Like that, That's jarring in itself. Um, but Lakers, Magic, Pacers – Went to two Eastern Conference Finals with the Pacers and Paul George. I like the hire. And the reason I like the hire, he's a defensive-minded guy. And that's how he got through with the Lakers. 
And I got to say, just the overwhelming thought process behind the idea of let's build an elite defense and trust KD and Book to be KD and Book. That sounds like a decent damn idea to me. Now, they got pieces to make this defensive thing work. Josh Okogie's a decent defender. Landry Shamit's a decent defender. Torrey Craig's a decent defender. That's a good start in building that defense. That being said, you need more depth, and you need more offensive pieces that can potentially come off of the bench. Because what happens offensively to this team, to this Suns team, when KD and Book are off the floor? Offensively, it just goes to goes to trash. There's nothing. There's not much they can do if Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are not out there hitting ridiculous contested mid ranges, knocking down three balls. Like they need to find more depth. But I, I do ultimately like this higher. Um, that being said, I think there is part of me that says, is he that much better than Monty Williams? I, I guess it's yet to be seen. I think it's a good fit, though. Yeah, I like the hire. I'm kind of the same place with you. If this was going to be the hire, though, I was like, why? what was the point of firing Monty? Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I understand that they wanted to it's make a change. It's a shift in thought process. They have a, a lot more bit. issues than the coach, though. Like you said, they have personnel things. But he's a, you know, he's, he's going to let his offense flow. He pretty much gives players freedom on the offensive end. And I think it's pretty obvious that they're bringing him in, though, for his defense. He's a defensive guru. He really helped the Lakers. Three times in, this, in, his, in his coaching career, he has had the best defense in the NBA. Yeah, and that's not by accident. No. So that's why I think that they watched the playoffs and they said, oh, man, we are really bad at defense, especially DeAndre Ayton. He but was I've, not good here's, at all. Here's my issue, though. I remember the, his last year with the Lakers, they were a terrible defensive team because they didn't have the, the dudes. They didn't have the guys to go make it happen. The Suns still have to surround him with the guys to go make it happen. You're I think they have right. a decent start, but like this does not preclude Matt Ishbia, the front office, James. This does not preclude them from going out this offseason on the free agent market, trade market, and finding guys that help Frank Vogel defensively immediately. They still have to pull some strings. This roster, in my opinion, is, is more of the issue than any coach is the issue. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. I think, you know, if you really ask the Suns truthfully, they would say there were some regrets to that trade. Yeah, and I don't think Matt Ishbia would. <laughs> no, but I right. think if you ask the Suns, yes. I think they would say, yeah, having those guys would have very, you know, really, Macau really helped. Bridges, Cam Johnson, two. Well, one, one uh, not just all defensive upside, but one is a defensive player of the year upside of Macal Bridges. Cam Johnson's a plus defender wherever you put him. So, like, that is really the biggest part of their issues. And also those two guys, from a role-player perspective offensively, were massive for them. Now, I know you got KD, and I, I trust KD to cook, and especially now that you have a full offseason, him getting used to all those guys, that was the biggest issue. Is like That's Devin Booker too. and KD didn't really know who to defer to. Well, KD deferred to... Devin Booker at times, and then they ask KD to step up, and he'd still defer to Devin Booker. I think with a full offseason, they'll finally get that all figured out. But there's there's still more that needs to be tweaked about that roster before I think Frank Vogel can take them to a championship. Do you know how many coaches KD's had in the last four years? Let me try to count. So you have, it'll be Vogel now, mm-hmm. Monty, mm-hmm. Nash, mm-hmm. Jacques Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Who else am I going to hold up? You got it. Hold it's up. four. It's four. Four okay, and four, it's four years. Four and four years. Okay. Nailed it. There we go. Woo! <laughs> yeah. I don't care who the coach is, though. KD's KD. Right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. 
Now, my favorite part of this whole saga this morning when the news dropped, not three minutes before the Woj bomb hit, I saw a Mark Spears tweet saying, Doc Rivers has officially pulled his name out of the running. It Good reminded you, me, Doc. remember, it was, a Kend- it was Kendall in succession. We have to control the narrative. That was Doc controlling the narrative right telling there. Telling his story. Well, yeah, he is telling his story. But, I mean, Doc, I, I guess he, it came down to him and, and uh, Frank Vogel sure in the it end. But it I, sounds like to me it came down to Kevin Young. And Kevin Young and Frank, Frank Vogel. Vogel. I don't think Doc was. Because when Doc got Doc fired from though, Philly. Right? Yeah, he probably did. Yeah. When he got fired from Philly, the first thing that we said is the funniest outcome would be him going to the Suns. Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. wasn't going to happen. But <laughs> he's pulled his name out of the running. I think Vogel's going to be do very well there. I think the Suns are going to be good next year. They just got to you know find a wing guy, find some point guard depth because Chris Paul's going to get hurt again. <laughs> so you got to get ready for that. Yeah. And DeAndre Ayton has and to you, play defense. And my my other problem with the the Ayton, yeah, he needs to play defense, but you also find more of a behind him, find better than Jock Landale and Bismack Biombo. Like, <laughs> that, like, that, like, you know, is there a Mason Plumley out there? Is there a Plumley out there for you to take? Is there, you know, find somebody better than that. Absolutely. Yeah. Bismack is a it's a decent shot blocker, but he's Really bad offensive player, and he's a really bad defensive player when it comes down to it. And and Jock Landale is just whatever. We know how important I just, I, I learned, bigs are here. We learned also. Did you see Jock Landale? His Twitter. He, no. he had like he had like eight hundred followers until one day he started tweeting. He's like bumped it up to sixty thousand in like two weeks. So Jock Landale is just sort of like one, he's one of the more irrelevant faces when we talk about. Couldn't NBA pick players. him out of a line. Well, I mean, he'd be seven foot. Ah, uh, that's true. <laughs> You'd be like, you play basketball. I just don't They're know. They're sitting down. I don't know who you play for. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, yes. I'm guessing that, you know, you're seven foot. You look like you fit the bill. You fit the bill. Now, uh, Small Talk's going to be fun today. We're uh, going to bring up a topic that was talked about by Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey. And uh, it was on New Heights, their podcast. But it has to do with a pros versus Joes comparison. Connor will explain it to you on the other side. Then we'll discuss. Right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now. It's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Coon Show. And the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show, Connor Dunning, definitely put me on to this uh, conversation. Pros vs. Joe's conversation that was brought up on New Heights, the New Heights podcast with the Kelsey brothers, of course, Travis and Jason, Connor, sort of enlighten me on what the situation here. It, it, it has to do with Derrick Henry and Oklahoma drill. It has to do with Derrick Henry and an Oklahoma drill. And basically, the idea is, could someone, just a normal person, tackle Derrick Henry if you get 80 attempts in Oklahoma drill, but you're starting on See, your back? When you brought this up to me, 80 attempts an Oklahoma drill is just like 15 concussions waiting to happen. Like that, that, that was my first thought. No one does 80 Oklahoma drills. I'm, ass- I'm assuming they're doing it as like eight, like perfect health. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, times yeah. Like not taking into account so, that you yeah, just got knocked first out. The first one, the first you get knocked night. out the first time. Well, what is your number? What so is your number? Zero. One? Oh, zero? Zero? Well, here's what I'll say. Maybe one. The only way I'm tackling Derrick Henry in an Oklahoma drill, the only way. Is if he hits me so hard, he knocks me out, <laughs> and my limp body, you. my limp body would have to trip his ass. That's the only way I'm taking Derrick Henry down. So I There's have no way. I I'm have like, a, I'm 5'10", you know, 190, No I, way. First of all, you have to go legs. There's have no to. chance. Like, but he's gonna, gonna stiff arm me. 
Well, yeah, and it's, he's got <laughs> he's really he's good powerful. At he's really good at it. He did Josh Norman dirty a few years back. Um, well, I mean, here's the thing: is like, how can we really say a normal person can tackle Derrick Henry one on one when like actual linebackers, middle linebackers in the NFL can't do it one on one? Like, how can we expect that of a just regular Joe? You can't. No. And I heard the person that they that sent in the question to the Kelsey brothers said he could do it five times out of a hundred. No chance. No. He and he's tiny. He's smaller than I am. There's no chance. What did he say? He was like five eight one seventy. Yeah, he was five eight one seventy. I'm like, absolutely. You not. better be at least two thirty if you think you're going to tackle Derrick Henry in a in Oklahoma. If you're five eight one seventy and Derrick Henry hits <laughs> you running at full speed, you're turning into <laughs> dust. You're turning into dust. Gone. <laughs> It's Never like you got seen Thanos again. snapped. Yeah, I'm curious what people think out there. G underscore Coon 71, C Dunning 929, let us know. Out of 80 tries, how many times you getting uh, Derrick Henry down? Pros versus Joes, got to love it. Now, we have to talk some uh, Grizzlies, and we'll talk about uh, job potential suspension, what Adam Silver had to say last night, and what, what to look forward to in the offseason. Drew Hill is next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.